Well, every night we, Mitch and I, put our three kids to bed. We kind of stagger, you know, their ages are spread out and we take some time to spend time with the kids. And um, the first one, first cab off the rank is Cooper, he's six years old. And so we spend some time with him, we read books, we have wrestles and tickles and prayers together. And then Mitch leaves the room and he puts on worship music because Coops loves listening to worship as he's going to sleep. And I linger a little bit longer and I sit with him and we have the same conversation and I say to him, Cooper, where are we going to meet in our dreams tonight? And we come up with, oh, he's so imaginative. He comes up with so many different awesome places for us to meet in our dreams. And now, you know, that conversation happens and he, he beats me to it. Mum, where are we going to meet in our dreams tonight? Dreams are beautiful. Dreams can be, um, just take you to amazing places. But what do you call the kind of dream where you're stuck and you can't move and you're trying to move and you just can't move? What do you call that? What do you call that? A nightmare. What do you call the dream where you try to scream out and you just can't shout out? You, you want to scream and you can't. What do you call that? A nightmare. A bad dream. You know, bad dreams are from the enemy. I hate bad dreams. But tonight, I want to share with you that God has a dream. God has a beautiful dream, a dream to share with his sons and with his daughters a dream together to see nations changed, a dream together. And I tell you, the enemy doesn't like that dream. The enemy wants to stop us in our feet and he wants to stop us from being able to speak out those words to declare to the nations who he is. And I believe tonight that God's gonna to speak to us from his word. I've been reading through the book of Acts and I'm so inspired and I'm, and I'm so um, filled with faith for what God wants to do in and through me. And I believe tonight that the word of God is gonna inspire you, speak faith into you so that you'll step out like never before. Amen? Okay, so I'm gonna have a seat and a chat with you tonight. And we're gonna look at Luke chapter 24. Will you go there with me? Some of the scripture will come up on the screen. So if you... If you don't have your Bibles with you, that's all right. We provide one. Okay, Luke chapter 24. This is Jesus speaking. Then he said, When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds. Everybody say open. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, yes. It was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. Wow, Jesus is talking about how he was the fulfillment of a dream. His father had a dream and he and his father fulfilled a dream. It was prophesied many times about his death and his resurrection and that dream got fulfilled. Then he continues on talking to his disciples. And he says, it was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. So he's sharing a second dream. The first dream has been fulfilled through him and his father. There is a second dream. And the second dream is that his, what he did achieving the forgiveness of sins would need to be preached to everyone everywhere, that they would be witnesses, that they would partner and make God's dream come true. Luke wrote this, 
And he continued to write about his experience with Jesus, and he wrote about it in the book of Acts. I just love the book of Acts. I've just been enjoying the book of Acts. And so I want to continue reading on in the book of Acts. In chapter one, verse four, it says, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come yet for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Lord, has the time come yet? Is it time yet for you to, 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 do, to do what we've been waiting for? Is it time yet? And it reminds me of, you know, when you're on your road trips, you know, as a young person with parents and you're like, Mom, Dad, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Well, this was the disciples with Jesus. Is it time? Is it time? Is now the time you're going to fulfill, you know, us taking over the kingdom? You know, they were, they were expecting something that had been promised for many years because the disciples, they had this dream that they had grown up with. And that was that the Israel people, the, the Hebrew people, that they would come back into power and they would be, um, instead of being ruled by the oppressors, they hoped that they would have freedom from these oppressors, the Romans, the Greeks. Their dream was that this alternative kingdom that Jesus spoke of called the kingdom of God, that it would become the dominating kingdom on the earth, that they would no longer be powerless, but that they would be in power. And um, Jesus responded to them by saying, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now they were thinking political power, but Jesus corrects their, their thinking and he says, you're gonna receive this amazing power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, an enablement, a, a, a courage, a strength, a capacity to do more than, than you have ever seen possible. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Witnesses are people that were there when it happened. They're people that were in the room when it happened. Hey, Eva, my Hamilton fan, had to be in the room when it happened. <laughs> Witnesses were there when it happened. They saw the events. They can attest to, I was there watching Jesus do those miracles. I was there when he healed that, that, that blind man. I was there when he raised that dead person. I was there when he was beaten and bruised. I was there and I watched the blood as, as the crown was shoved into his head and the blood. I was there when they crucified him and he cried out, forgive them for they know not what they do. I was there when over six weeks he, he was resurrected and he showed himself to us over many times over that six weeks. That's what a witness, because they were there when it happened. They opened their mouth they open their mouth, witnesses open their mouth. And we've been talking over this season about open. And I wanna encourage you in this theme of open your mouth, open our mouth. That's what they did starting in Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. And then after saying this, Jesus saying these words, it says he was taken up to heaven in a cloud while they were watching and they couldn't see him any longer. And so I just imagine the next minute is Jesus is in heaven. And the angels are around, they are throwing a massive welcome home party. 
The music is pumping, the food is out, the feasting is happening. There is like poppers. It's like party central in heaven. And the angels all gather around him. Jesus, you did it. You're the man. You defeated death. You crushed that devil in the head. You're the man. Like, Jesus, you did it. You, the sins are just forgiven forever. Like, and then they ask him the question, so how, how's everybody going to know about this? How is everybody in the ends of the earth going to hear about what you've done? And Jesus says, it's okay, I've got a plan. And, and they say, but, but who's, who's going to be the plan? Is it, we know, are you going to like write it in the sky, John 3.16, in everybody's language, so they all get it at once? Maybe you're going to send us, maybe you'll use us angels, we're pretty good, like we could, we could handle the task. But Jesus says, no, I've entrusted it to my followers and they're gonna get it done. He trust, entrusted the job, the dream, that his followers would open their mouths. And I just love that we see in the book of Acts that they did. They opened their mouths, they did it, they did it, and it inspires me. So let's have a look. We're gonna jump into Acts chapter two, and it's the day of Pentecost now, and they're all together meeting in one place. They're, they're worshiping together, they're praying together, when suddenly they heard a sound, like this shaking wind, this roaring, mighty windstorm, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. They, they saw something amazing. They saw um, like flames on everybody's heads, tongues of fire, the Bible says. So they, they heard this amazing sound. They saw this amazing sight. And then um, everyone present in that, that place was filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled and they had other languages. They started speaking in other language, other dialects, other languages that they didn't know. And the Holy Spirit had given them this ability. And at that time in Jerusalem, there were Jewish people from all around the all the nations had come and were, had taken residency in Jerusalem. They'd become residents, you know, um, migrants. And they had they heard this rumbling sound. They heard this noise, like it was deafening, this big booming noise. So they're all running to the room where it happened. They're all running there and they can hear suddenly people speaking in their own dialect, their own language, and they're like, hold on a second. The picture doesn't match the sound. These guys look like locals. They're Galileans, but they're talking in my language from back home. Like this, this is weird. This is this is really weird. And we read in verse nine of Acts two, it says, here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, that one's for you, Leo, the Arabs, yeah. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Everyone from everywhere was there, you know, we hear, and, and we hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. 
Do you know, in that place, there was over a dozen nations represented. There was Asians, Africans, Egyptians, Arabs. Everybody was there in the city at once. They were there because they were residents that had moved there, but they were also there because there was a lot of Jewish people that were there for Passover, the Hebrew festival. And they were there particularly to celebrate this festival and had, had come to visit Jerusalem. And I just think, what a wonderful coincidence. You know, Jesus said, you must wait, wait for the, the, the particular time, wait in Jerusalem, because he had specific timing. So it wasn't a coincidence that they were there for that festival. But around there, when they saw this amazing, remarkable thing happen, there were people, of course, that said, they ridiculed them, and they said, oh, they're just drunk, they're just you know drunk. And then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles, and he shouted to the crowd. I love that, he shouted. Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as you, some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, it wasn't that kind of spirit. It was the Holy Spirit. No, what you see right now was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. And this Peter who just 40 days ago had denied Jesus, who, was, who fled, filled with fear, now stood there fearlessly, courageously preaching. And the difference the infilling of the Holy Spirit makes, the transformation that the baptism of the Holy Spirit makes in our lives is just shown in the life of Peter. And I believe in our lives too and that you can experience that transformation when the Holy Spirit comes inside of you. He started preaching from the book of Joel and then he started preaching from the Psalms. We can read it in Acts 2.22 and he starts preaching that God publicly endorsed Jesus of Nazareth by doing powerful miracles and wonders and signs through him. But you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God, God delivered him from the horrors of death. We'll look in verse 32. God, this is him preaching this sermon. He's saying, God raised Jesus from the dead and we are all witnesses of this. Everybody say the word witnesses. We are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the highest place of honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. Wow, amazing, amazing. Seeing 3,000 people saved, imagine, all these hands going up, all these people saying, yes, I'll be baptized. It would just have been amazing. And I feel like like reading the book of Acts, often I can think, oh, it was so different back then. Like that would have been amazing to be around and see that. Their, their society was different. Their culture was different. But as I researched it, their society wasn't really that different from what we're facing today. It was similar in some ways. It was a melting pot of ethnicities. 
everybody from different nations had come. It was multicultural, just like we in Australia are multicultural. And you know, in a multicultural culture, um, in a society like that, you deal with racism. That was an issue that they faced there. Inequality was part of the fabric of society. And inequality is the fabric in any fabric of society where there is sin, because the heart of, of sin in human nature is I want more power and I'll take it from someone else. Leadership was corrupt. Don't see that, do we? Or businesses were corrupt. Don't know about that here. Diverse and confused society. There were gender issues. Same-sex attraction had been around since, you know, since Adam and Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. Cynicism was a philosophy that prevailed. Unconformity to moral standards and ridiculed ethics glorifying radical personal freedom of act and speech. You could be absolutely anything in their society except a Christian. Sound familiar? The skeptics, their philosophy, held that all experience is unique to the individual. Therefore, no truth exists that is binding for all persons. What's truth for you is not true for me. And that's okay. You've got your truth, I've got my truth. It's, does that sound familiar? I don't know. <laughs> The occult and astrology were a huge part of Roman culture. And um, with so many multi-faiths around us, so many different beliefs and philosophies, people didn't like it when these Christians came along and said, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, the only way. They didn't like that at all. That was not a popular thing to talk about. And so persecution came. They got teased. They got ridiculed, tormented, mistreated, provoked, bashed, imprisoned, killed, all because of what they believed that others didn't like what they talked about. They didn't like their belief system. Converts would lose their employment because of their beliefs. So they had to look out for one another. They had to share a common purse in the early church because many would be losing their employment. Church leaders were repeatedly jailed and sometimes physically brutalized. Stephen was killed as a martyr for his faith. Becoming a serious, totally committed follower of Jesus had painful consequences. Yet, it says, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Jesus actually promised that persecution would come. So although we don't experience this level of persecution yet, Many have and continue to be persecuted around the world today and in our nation. And this is why today is really important about religious freedom. And this is why opening our mouth is important. Yeah. Opening our mouth and doing something. So I want to see, I, I want to be inspired by the, by the disciples. What did they do in their society, in their culture? Firstly, I saw that the, the disciples opened their mouth in prayer. And that's what totally committed disciples do. They open their mouth in prayer. And yes, they open their mouth in prayer personally. We have our own personal prayer time. But I look in the book of Acts and I notice how often they came together to pray together. Corporate prayer and the power of two or more agreeing together and praying together. In verse 14 um, in Acts 1, it says, They all met together, say together, not isolated and alone, they were together, and were constantly, constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. During this time, there were about 120 believers, they were together. Say together with me. 
together. There is something powerful in the together. There is something powerful in the prayer together, agreeing together that we need in this society today. The Zoom room has been a blessing and I continue to do a Zoom room prayer meeting um, with friends, but I tell you there's nothing like being together. Together, their lives back then were knitted together. They were intimately involved in each other's lives. They were in each other's homes for meals. They, they fellowshiped together. They broke bread together. They had the Lord's Supper together regularly. They had corporate prayer together all the time. So imagine with me, those 3,000 people that got saved that day and got water baptized, they are now immersed in this culture where you go to the temple and you're in homes every day. You're taking the Lord's Supper every day. You're, you're praying together with the others. They're in this environment and they're observing the other apostles, witnessing all the time, telling about how they lived with Jesus and what they saw, these miracles. And, and they would share with all of these 3,000 converts how, how they were there when Jesus was bashed and tortured and they watched him whipped and beaten and they were there when he died and they were there when, when he rose again and he showed himself to them and they got to share with these 3,000 firsthand and that those, those new disciples got to see it. It says in Acts 5, every day, every day in the temple and from house to house, they continued to teach and preach this message. Jesus is the Messiah. And then the time of testing came. Stephen, Persecution was at its greatest heights after his death. And in Acts chapter 8, we read, And there rose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. And then Saul continued on to ravage, persecuted the church. But they, when they were scattered then, because of this persecution, they all went to their homes. They went to Samaria, Judea. They went to the ends of the earth. And when they went back to their homes and to their places and scattered, what did they do? They did what they watched their apostles do. They did the praying together corporately. They did the witnessing because that's what they had watched and been around in homes day to day. The disciples opened their mouths in prayer and then they opened their mouths to share. And we need to open our mouths to share, to share the truth about what Jesus has done, to share and to speak the word boldly. And that's what they would pray in Acts chapter four. The prayer that they prayed was, God, God, um, they prayed, and now Lord, look upon their threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. Lord, we need boldness. Their prayer was all around, help us be bold and courageous to share God's word, to share our testimony. And I wanna encourage you that we have the same Holy Spirit, we have the same gospel message, we've got the same great commission to share boldly and courageously. Uh, Eva, can you just bring that container for me? I had this, this visual that I just wanted to share. It's like this box here. Thanks, world's best uh, kids ministry for the borrowing of your, your um, equipment there. But it's like my, my, my box has been filled so much. I have just received so much in my, my life. And any time that we go to church, we receive. We go to church and we receive. 
you can come and put that in, thanks Mia. We receive into our bucket so much and, and we put our lid on, I've just received from church and then maybe we're, we're spending time with the Lord in the morning in our devotion and we receive something else from him and we receive and we put it in our bucket and we put the lid on. And then we go to connect group and we receive something else from the Lord and it fills our bucket. And then I've got to give a shout out to INY. We go to INY on a Friday night and we receive. <laughs> yeah? But then it, it's kind of full there. It's kind of full and I, I'm gonna try and put this lid on but it doesn't quite close anymore because the truth is we receive so much from so many places and band, you can start to come, thanks. We receive so much, but it's time to open our mouths. Yeah, open our mouths and to share what we get. If God speaks to you in the morning, share what he spoke to you with somebody else. If God speaks to you at church, tell, the church, tell somebody, I've just been to church and this is what I got out of it. And I wanna give to you what I've experienced. I was once blind, but now I see. My marriage was once in tatters, but God has restored my marriage. I was once addicted and now I'm not addicted anymore. We've got something to open our mouths about and to share with others. Amen? Yeah. Amen. I want to encourage us tonight. Let's not be silent. Let's not be secret servants. Let's not be silent. Let's open our mouths in prayer and let's open our mouths to share. God has a dream and his dream is with you, his child, and he wants to fulfill that dream with you. Amen. Amen. Lord, I thank you for the sons and for the daughters in this house. I thank you that they love their heavenly father and that tonight they're going to dream together. I thank you for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord God, with the infilling of the Holy Spirit that you would fill us with courage and your power and your words to speak up fearlessly, to open our mouth in prayer, to pray for, for, for things to change in our society, in our families, in our workplaces, and to courageously, courageously share our faith, share what God has done in us. And I thank you, Lord, that you're gonna use it. You're gonna use it to see your dream come true, that the angels will rejoice and say, well done, they got the job done. In your mighty name I pray, amen.